Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. No, no, no. I was going to say something really funny, but I decided not to. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello! Hello! Now, I want to start this week's podcast, but I know this is a bit of a downer, but by just saying there won't be a podcast next week. Yeah, let's start with a downer. Because there was an occasion, up. there was an occasion recently, wasn't there, where we we had to skip a week due to unforeseen circumstances, mm. and um, a few people were upset with us. So rather than just spring it on you, um, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for me, because I'm really looking forward to it, but I'm uh, I'm going to be away next week, uh, yep. so uh, we we're not able to record a podcast. So br- brace yourself, basically. Yep, yep. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly, um, it was our first ever Adrift live show at the weekend. And I wanted to thank you if you came. Uh, it was just wonderful. It was at the Trades Club in Hebden Bridge, which is a magnificent venue. And all in all, Annabelle, I think it was uh, a big success. I think so. I mean, I had a nice time. So I hope everyone else did. Like nobody has asked for their money back. Oh, haven't they? I was going to ask. That is good news. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I did say from the stage that there was a no refunds policy just to head that <laughs> off at the pass. But um, we, we had a, a lovely night and that live show will be available soon to our Patreon subscribers. We're going to put it up on the Patreon podcast podcast channel in, I would say... Three weeks' time. How does that sound? Okay, good. Three weeks. It's good to have a deadline. Yeah, yeah. I always find. But uh, we had a great time. It was in Hebden Bridge, which you hadn't been there before. And it's it's just idyllic, isn't it? Oh, it's so nice there. So nice. We were both doing that thing where you look in estate agents. You know when you go somewhere and then you start looking in estate agents' windows and thinking about what your life would be like? I was totally and, imagining um, my life there, like I'd go through a park and think, oh, yeah, I could take Rudy there. And that cafe would be nice for like Saturday mornings and like all this mm. stuff. It's ridiculous. <laughs> here's, here's something I was wondering, though. Is the city a perfect environment for a drifter just because the amount of... So you might have more interactions overall in a city, but there's less familiarity, isn't there? I, I think yes is my answer to that. But, uh, Unless you, know, you want to live in a cave or something, that's probably an ideal. But oh, a cave! Now you're talking. Now <laughs> in you're this talking. weather, <laughs> there, there was something that happened that I thought um, I could start by kind of talking about this week. That was a little bit heartbreaking, but for once, it didn't actually happen to me. So, um, me, Annabelle, and my mother-in-law, we stayed in a pub 
up on a hill above the town of Hebden Bridge, and it was it was beautiful, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, gorgeous. You could see pigs out the window. Yeah, I could. I woke up and opened the curtains, and I had three pigs in front of me. It was amazing. I didn't even arrange that. <laughs> no, I know. It was just it was just a coincidence. <laughs> anyway, so we came down for breakfast the next day. And I could hear that the the fella serving the breakfast, and and I got the impression it was kind of a landlord landlady situation, um, but I, I could hear that the the landlord, as he was serving the breakfast, was pretty pretty chatty. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I braced myself for the, for the the chat because we we'd had a bit of chattiness from the train conductor on the way up, hadn't we? Yeah, yeah. There was, I think he'd made the assumption that you were maybe my wife and did a bit of banter saying, oh, I've got one of those indoors as well. And that, and then, you know, he, he ascertained that my mother-in-law was my mother-in-law, you know, correctly on that occasion. And he was kind of doing a bit of eye rolling about her. And I never really have good banter to have back in that situation. So, so then when we got off the train, he kind of said, well, good luck meaning good luck with your wife and mother-in-law. And and I had a great bit of banter. I went, yeah, I'll need it. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> I love how you joined in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really him. hate that kind of thing. I know, but you were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, well, women, you know, that sort of thing. I really hate it. But um, I, I, I just really wanted him to like me, so I joined in with the banter. Yeah, yeah, and and that was that was my one successful bit of banter where I went, yeah, I'll need it. It was pretty good, wasn't it? It was. It was well. It, it was good. It was good. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, uh, that aside, then then we're at breakfast the next day, and the fella is is being very chatty around, you know, the the fellow residents, some of some of whom are drifters, right. um, and I hear him say something, and basically what he says is he's trying to be chatty because they've had some TripAdvisor reviews when he's done the breakfast about his personality <gasps> and about how he's not very chatty. No, he's, I didn't hear him say that. No. Yes. So, I mean, that is just a worse nightmare, isn't it? Oh, he was so chatty as well. Like, But he didn't want chatty. to be chatty. He was, oh. he was like one of us. He just wanted to quietly serve his breakfast and be nice. But, but because people scrutinise his personality oh. and review it on TripAdvisor... He he now has to to, to sort of turn it on and pretend that he's extroverted. There's no escape, is there? Really, for being it's heartbreaking. Like that. Oh. What kind of civilization have we created? Terrible. It is bleak. Anyway, uh, so you know, I, I thought that for, for once that was something that had happened to somebody else and not me. But I thought it would be a particularly heartbreaking scenario for anybody who listens to this podcast. Um, and uh, and anyway, thank you to you if you came to the uh, Adrift Live show. Thanks to uh, Mal and Sarah for inviting us to the Trades Club in Hebden Bridge. And thanks to the wonderful Gavin Osborne who came on and sang some songs. And he is he's just the best, Gavin, isn't he? Yeah, it was amazing, I mean, that was. He is the best. So you'll be able to hear that on the Patreon channel soon. Was that all right? Yeah, yeah, great. I didn't know he said that. That is so, I can't believe it. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? I thought it? he was naturally like that. No, I think he was like, sort of felt as if he had to be on so that he'd get good TripAdvisor oh. reviews. If you're insightful and aligned with this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port.
Adrift. Share your story with us, please. You can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Um, be good to hear a story from somebody who's had their personality reviewed. Oh, yes, definitely, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> as long as it went poorly. I mean, we're not interested in hearing how, no. how great you are. Not at all, sorry. We, we, we know you will be, but I yeah. mean, it's just a, a better story. Mm. If you've sort of tried to be extrovert, failed, and then had your personality reviewed. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, send us your story. How's, uh, how's it looking this week, Annabelle? Okay, first one is from Darren. A little background that is key to this story is that my potential future son-in-law, Adam, is Glaswegian, but mixed race as his mother is Malaysian. So he is dark skinned with a broad Glasgow accent. Up to this point, he'd not ventured out of Glasgow much except to visit family in Malaysia. At his job interview for his first postgraduate job at a massive global corporation based in the north of England, he was asked for his thoughts on ethics. Adam heard the word correctly, but interpreted it as ethnics and thought that the interviewer was making some slight about his mixed race and very bluntly replied, well, my mother's Malaysian, if that's what you mean, and was ready to get up and storm out when the interviewer smiled and asked him the question again. And this time he understood it correctly. Oh, no. He got the job and became good friends of the interviewer who became his boss. Such good friends that one night he invited him round to nosh off, a Glaswegian term for have some food. However, (laughs) his boss took it to mean the English version and politely refused, much to Adam's embarrassment, when it was pointed out to him by my daughter what he'd asked his boss to do. Oh, Can you imagine what <laughs> boss must have thought? Like we, we had a bumpy old start to our relationship after the whole ethics, ethics thing, but we got over that. And then out of the blue... <laughs> what I like most is politely refused. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, that's fantastic. Okay, yeah. let's, let's go on to Danielle. I'm a receptionist at an accounting firm and was sitting behind the desk one day when a lovely, sweet old lady came in to see one of our accountants. We were making small talk and that's when she asked me, how long until the baby's due? Now, as I'm sure you can guess, I wasn't pregnant, just a little fat and in an unflattering dress. I panicked and not wanting to make her feel embarrassed, I blurted out that I was five months along. I then continued (laughs) to answer all her excited questions about how my partner feels about the pregnancy, if I know the sex yet, have I had my baby shower, etc, etc. She went on her merry way after her appointment and I was very embarrassed, but pleased I'd done a good deed and saved her from embarrassment herself. I work for a tax accountant, so she wouldn't be coming into the office again for another year. And I figured she would have forgotten about me and my pregnancy by then. Next year comes round and in comes the sweet, lovely older lady. The first thing she asked me, oh, how is your sweet baby going? She must be almost a year by now. <laughs> Luckily for me, my partner's sister had just had a baby. who was around the same age as my fictitious baby. And clearly unable to tell her the truth, I spent some time showing off my niece and pretending she was my daughter. Oh, tax time is coming around very quickly again. And I'm already thinking of the milestones my darling daughter has done in the past year. So nice oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this last one is from Alex. It was my 22nd birthday and the group of friends I was with suggested we go to see a live swing band. While I am categorically not a dancer, I do like live bands and swing music is undeniably fun. So off we went. 
When we arrived, it was clear around two thirds of the people there really knew how to swing dance, and it transpired there had even been a swing class on beforehand. This didn't matter as the experts and the amateurs happily boogied along side by side, despite their wildly divergent levels of skill. Until the band stops playing and announces, everyone, clear a space, we are going to do the birthday song. In a moment of panic, I think I've been stitched up by my friends, but luckily a couple from the expert swing crew take to the open dance floor and begin to swing to the song that has started. I breathe a brief sigh of relief until a good friend of mine, Rosie, who can swing dance, grabs me by the arm and drags me into the open space saying, well, it's your birthday too. I am very aware of the eyes of the entire room on me and Rosie, having just taken the stage next to this highly skilled couple for whom the birthday song was intended. After about 15 seconds of Rosie swinging and me dancing, much like our Prime Minister on a trip to Kenya, one of the pro (laughs) swing crowd comes up to us and anxiously says, "Uh, actually, this is the birthday song, so could you guys wait until it's finished? As you can imagine, I was deeply grateful for the escape route. However, Rosie emphatically states, oh, it's his birthday too. And my heart sinks. The woman who's asked her to leave is clearly conflicted, but politeness and or pity gets the better for her. She says, OK, then stay. And then says to Rosie, so in a sec, someone will take him off you. And the panic sets in further. Uh-huh. As, it, as it turns out, during the birthday song, the person whose birthday it is, me, is passed from dancer to dancer for the duration oh, of no. the song. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. In practice, this meant for the next 10 minutes, I was passed from woman to beautiful woman, feeling an urgent need to declare my imposter status to each of them as they took my arms. Something in the vein of, I'm really sorry, I've no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to swing dance. Please look after me. To which each of these very kind women responded in the tone they would do to a lost five-year-old in a supermarket saying, it's okay, just move your right foot. There you go. Well done. And I'm going to spin now. Are you ready for me to spin? Good job until I was part of the next woman and the same strange self-humiliation started all over again. This continued until the music mercifully stopped as I had no idea how to extricate myself from what felt like a never-ending cycle of gawky limb movements, distress, self-denigration and kind but pride-shattering coddling. I think if I had to draw up what a perfect anxiety dream would look like, I think it might be desperately attempting to do a specific (laughs) dance that you don't know how to do with a queue of people lining up to embrace you, each of whom you have to explain the extent to which you are useless and beg for their help, all whilst an entire room of strangers watches this wholly bizarre (laughs) performance. Safe to say, I have avoided swing dance since. Oh, that is hideous. I think I said the the S word quite well then. Did you notice? Yes, yes. (laughs) That's my best attempt. Yeah, I'm quite proud of that. If you would like to send us your story, we we would love that. These were excellent this week. Uh, more more like this, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. When you stop thinking, your mind begins to start loving. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Ports. Touch it. Touch it. Now, Annabelle. Yes. Time for a way in which you're not a fully functioning adult. Part 23. The supermarket. So this often goes badly, as I always go with my son now, and I often drive. And if I do, I want to go in the baby and child parking space for the sole reason that I'm very bad at parking, as you know. It's the main reason I had a baby, really, being able to use these huge spaces. 
So I find it almost impossible getting into a normal space with cars directly either side. Like there's lots of reversing and trying again so that I'm not so close to one car that I'd have to have my ribs removed in order to slide out of my car. <laughs> but the baby and child spaces are massive. Like you, there's, you cannot, even I can't go wrong with them. But they're always full. And I always see a middle-aged man on his own getting out of the car, which drives me mad. And one time I did get a space, but I was still really annoyed when I saw a man on his own using them. So I said loudly to my son, oh, I hate it when people use those spaces without children. <laughs> he definitely heard. I couldn't possibly have said it to him, but I said it. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's very good using your, your son in that way as a yeah, proxy. Of course. It's also to be passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm irritated by the time I get there. And I was really annoyed last week because my local supermarket, they'd moved loads of stuff around, like lots of things were in a different place. And I vaguely remember from psychology A-level that they do this to make you spend more money. The theory is that because you're now having to look for your usual stuff, you're seeing stuff you wouldn't normally buy and you're getting that as well. So as a protest, I put a few things back on the shelves so that I was spending less. That really showed this multi-million pound company. <laughs> I did find out something brilliant about supermarkets very recently, though, which I suspect everyone else already knew. I'm not sure why nobody told me. But if you get some unsliced bread from the bread aisle, the stuff that's in the brown paper and plastic bag, for example, a sourdough, you can then take it to the bakery counter and get it sliced for free. Did you know that? I did not know that. Oh no. God, it's amazing. I've only just found out. And I've always wondered how everyone else was cutting it. Because whenever I've tried to slice one before, I've always ended up with a diagonal loaf. <laughs> so it's amazing to me. And, and I really like a sourdough bread. But I have already started using this service less and less because of the way you have to try and get the attention of the bakery person. They've always got their back to me, like they're filling up cream buns or something. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like they need a little bell or something because every option feels rude. Like if I say, excuse me, I feel like I'm annoying them. And I've tried saying something really loudly to my son so that they know I'm there. But I think they see through that. And not only am I annoying, but they also think I'm weak. The checkouts aren't so bad for me anymore, though. So I used to get very stressed trying to keep up with the checkout operator. But now I try at regular intervals to put something down on the conveyor belt that needs to be weighed, like some kind of loose fruit and vegetable, because it really slows the checkout person down. I think something similar was suggested when checkups came up recently in Quandry Corner. Mm-hmm. And, and a few weeks ago, I noticed I didn't have in my, anything in my basket to slow them down so I went and got some things I didn't really need like some loose courgettes and apples because honestly it really does make a difference it really works <laughs> but if my shopping does start piling up I have to pick up my speed so much that I don't care if I'm smashing eggs and breaking glass throwing into a bag because all I care about is that I don't look slow and amateur to the person behind me that to me is worse than broken smash shopping I haven't got if I haven't got too much stuff though. I do like to go to these self service checkouts. Oh, quick question here: Is it okay mm. to take a trolley to a self service checkout? Hmm. Uh, oh, it isn't I a quick question. Th- no, 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 no. <laughs> I think I think it is. Yeah, I mean, it it feels odd, but I can't think of a reason why it wouldn't be. It looks odd. Yeah, I think that's the only thing. It looks but, odd, but um, why shouldn't you? Yeah. Okay. All right then. Like you're not disadvantaging anybody by doing it, are you? You're not inconveniencing anybody. Well, you're sl- you're slowing it down a bit, but you you know. What what by because you're using the checkout for longer? Yeah. But you'd still be using it at checkout for longer. Yeah, yeah, but pro- probably especially if it was me, like it'd probably be a bit quicker. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so I, I tend to go if I've just got a few bits, and I, I quite I obviously quite like the lack of interaction. 
And mm-hmm. even though they've they've been around for a while, these checkouts, I still find it quite fun to scan my own stuff. Like it, it yes. is nice having a go at someone else's job, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Like if you walk past a bricklayer and they said, oh, would you want to go? Like who'd say no to that? <laughs> Nobody. Anyway, here's something that happened to me last year. I was using yeah. the self-service till and I had a bit of interaction with the lady who was there manning all the tills. I think she she picked up the hat that my son had thrown on the floor and I thanked her. And when I left, she smiled and said goodbye. Then just as I was leaving, going out of the supermarket, I realised I'd forgotten the one thing my boyfriend had asked me to get. He needed a jar of roasted peppers for some particular thing he was making that night. But I was horrified at the thought of going back through those self-service tills again because it felt mortifying, the thought of having to say, oh, me again. And the regular <laughs> tills had long queues. So I seriously considered going home without the peppers and saying they didn't have any. But in the end, <laughs> I forced myself to go back to the self-service tills again. And I was so embarrassed that I was sweating. As it was, of course, she barely seemed to notice me. Why would she? <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. I, I put this incident on our Facebook page last year in a very brief fit of social media activity. And I put it on with a poll to see if it was normal or not. The results were... 62% normal, 38% not normal. So maybe I am fully functioning after all. And then I realised it wasn't like I'd done a Mori poll. Like I'd, I'd, done, a, I'd done a poll of, of, of our podcast listeners. And even though yeah, percent of them thought I was weird. So I, I will be back with part 24 next week. Drift, Jeff Lloyd, Annabelle Port. If you get close enough, you can... The I should explain that we are we're doing this remotely. I am in my loft. You're in your flat, trying not to make, wake Rudy up tonight. Uh, so, so just in case it sounds slightly different, mm-hmm. you're thinking what's going on. That is what's going on. Um, but I still want to ask you, mm. where are we up to with these badges? <gasps> oh, there has been a very, very, very exciting development. Hmm. So I think the last time we spoke about it, I said that a few people had very kindly offered to do the designing bit for us because that was a bit that I couldn't do. And I didn't know I couldn't choose between them because how was I supposed to do that? So I just went with the first one and I said, Hmm. that'd be amazing. Would it be okay?" And I think it was yesterday, the day before I got an email with some preliminary designs and I am very, very happy. I think they're going to be amazing. Well, you sent them to me and they look fantastic. They're really they, they good, look aren't really they? Really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy with them. So we're just, I'm just waiting for the last badge. There's going to be four badges in total. And then I'm going to get them made. So, like, honestly, it's, it's going to be happening quite soon. It's very exciting. And how are the, how are the unit prices looking? Oh, yeah. I, sorry, I, I haven't done my, math, my maths yet. <laughs> I need to work out unit, like, postage price. I need to weigh them, first of all, work out how much postage will be. So that will be the next step. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know price hopefully next week because uh it was great seeing you at work at the live show in hebden bridge because she set up a shop at the at the end of the evening yeah to sell some uh copies of your book that you had kicking about in fact you brought you brought an enormous suitcase like you're a spiv <laughs> and then i didn't bother taking them out of the suitcase i just left no, them in no, no, no. I was I mean, a proper it, did, it did seem like you know you were just in fear of being moved on at any time <laughs> I was. I didn't have a hawker's license. <laughs> but what sort of made it slightly uncomfortable mm. um, was the fact that I was there too, hovering around. And then sort of, you were signing books for people. And then I think they were asking out of politeness for me to sign the books. And I think it's really weird for me to sign a book that I've had nothing to do with the writing of. Well, you were, you were in it a lot. And also, um, they did want you to sign it because like, it's getting an autograph, isn't it? It's, it's nice. 
I just think I've devalued those things. Also, if I'd have known, I would have brought a nice pen because I have lovely handwriting <laughs> as long as I'm using a nice pen. And, and you know, if I'm using a horrible pen, it really oh. does look like a, a, a scrawl. Well, can I tell you, I did bring my nicest pen. I'm sorry that you thought it was horrible. No, it was awful. It was <laughs> terrible. Anyway, but I enjoyed your sort of interactions. A few of the people... Uh, and, and people queued up for a long time, so thanks to you if you you did that. I mean, it was sort of above and beyond, really. Uh, I'd say you were signing them for well over an hour. And I think I only embarrassed myself 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? More than 12. Oh, God. More than 12. Wow. But, I mean, a few people did comment uh, uh, of your sort of entrepreneurial, on your entrepreneurial skills and your grasp of units and gross and you know, whether something costs a monkey or a pony or whatever. So, Oh, and I'll tell you what we didn't mention, our little um, our little radio reunion either. Go on. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were on the radio on BBC Radio 5 Live on Saturday morning, and uh, it was lovely being back in a radio studio with you. Oh, you didn't embarrass me. Oh, um, I mean, that was my big worry, really, <laughs> that you'd get, you'd get up to some of your odd behaviour, but you were, you were, you were fine. Some of your diva-like behaviour. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we had a nice time, didn't we? We had a star of musical theatre and a comedian. And um, I was going to say like a barrister turned TV host, but it's really obvious that I mean Clive Anderson if I say that. Yeah, yeah. And then it becomes weird that I don't say who. I <laughs> know. <laughs> anyway, uh, we had a lovely time on the radio on Saturday morning. And, uh, and, and if people want to listen back to that, they can go to the BBC Sounds app and if you search on my name, the most recent show, which I, I guess was the 29th of June, as I say, I guess, I know for a fact it was, then you can uh, you can hear me and Annabelle our sort of one-off reunion show. Mm. Or was it a one-off? Mm. I mean, it probably was. <laughs> but was it? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sometimes when you're not paying attention, you didn't even realize you're in a sewer. That's not the case here. Right now you're on a lake and it's, it's really nice. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. It's a play on words about water. A couple of unconnected things. First thing is, how often are you asking that now that you uh, are knocking around with a bunch of two-year-olds? How often are you asking a child for its name? Oh, not so much, I don't think. You see, I think you're you're about six months away from that. Um, But this is an awful thing that I have noticed since my son has sort of got to an age where he's interacting with other children rather than just being in the same space as them. Mm. He'll often want to know some little kid's name. So I'll have to say to a kid, what's your name? And do you know what they invariably say back? What? Hmm. Oh, what, you can't understand it? No. Oh, no. And that's really awkward. 
because then you sort of repeat to them what sounds like an approximation of their name that they told you mm. only what's coming out of your mouth you know for a fact isn't an actual name <laughs> it's just awful oh no kids don't enunciate properly can't can't you look inside? What's I going to say? Can't you look inside the label of their clothes to see what like their mum or dad has written? But maybe that feels inappropriate. Yeah, I think maybe like their parents would come hurtling across the playground <laughs> if you started doing that, looking in the back of their shorts or something. And then yeah. then when I do understand a child's name, I get so excited that I go a bit over the top, and so so. I'm not only having awkward interactions with adults now; I'm having awkward interaction with toddlers and small children oh it never ends so i had one the other day where my son said what's her name so i asked this little girl what her name was she was probably a bit older maybe six or seven and she said daisy right and i got really excited and went oh daisy like the dog from the film secret life of pets 2 okay is that a very well-known film is it no and also like with hindsight i don't know how much a little girl likes being told that she's got the same name as a dog mm, maybe not yeah i think it varies from one child to another quite dramatically yeah yeah and uh, i think the, the it, it didn't vary in a good way in this particular instance okay so that you know that this is a whole new uh sphere of bad interactions <laughs> that i'm having bad interactions with with children um, another thing i wanted to mention and this could be particularly pertinent with us not being here next week so you might want a podcast to listen to mm-hmm. in our absence. And I have become obsessed with a podcast called The Atomic Hobo. Um, now, what it is, is it's it's a, a woman called Julie McDowell telling you about sort of weird facts and bits of history about the Cold War and especially that era where if you grew up when I did in the 70s and 80s, you were terrified that the the nuclear bomb was going to drop. So there were lots of things like Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Two Tribes and that film Threads and that animation When the Wind Blows, all this stuff that made us very paranoid as kids Mm. Uh, about nuclear war and there's a podcast about it and she is so great she knows everything about all the plans that were put into place for the four minute warning and for what would happen to the bbc and like what what provisions were made for burying the dead and like what would happen to hospitals and what if you tried to escape in your car what would happen and and firstly i think it's just fascinating to anybody of our generation who grew up with that hanging over the heads because it was so much in the culture when we were children scaring the bejesus out of us but then then the other thing that is so great about it is she has that fear and you can tell that it's even quite extreme for her in an adult and she's as an adult and she spends a lot of time worrying about it so she tells you all this great information she's a brilliant storyteller but she also you can hear her scaring herself she's as she's hosting it and and sort of going you know almost spiraling a little bit and I've, I've turned you on to this haven't i yeah i love it it's it's so good and there's loads of episodes of it i can't recommend it highly enough i'm quite obsessed by it and um it just reminded me of my own childhood listen so I, th- I think like it was Frankie Goes Hollywood Two Tribes, and it was also a boy in my class called Darren Fitton who had a CND badge that he used to wear. Campaign for nuclear disarmament for anybody not li- listening in uh, the UK or anyone too young to remember it, and and that was what made me terrified of the bomb dropping when I was a kid. But I used to be absolutely sort of obsessed 
with the four minute warning the idea being that these sirens would sound and then the bomb would you know hit after four minutes and i remember i'm guessing being nine ten years old maybe even a bit younger than that and taking our dog dusty for a walk in the park and the park was about a 10 minute walk from our house and just sort of getting into a panic that if the bomb dropped I wouldn't be able to get home in time to oh. die with my family. Oh, that we couldn't all huddle together and be disintegrated together. I'd be in the park with a dog. I mean, that is bleak to be a little kid and thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever hear that to you? Yeah, loads. Like there was, I wish I could remember what they're called. Like there was, I, I read quite a lot of books, like fiction books. But to be honest, I, I was a bit more obsessed by looting supermarkets. Because like, I think oh, I'd yeah, read this I mean, particular that's... book where they were the only survivors. And there was definitely a scene where they got to like go in shops and supermarkets. And that, that was what all I used to think about. Yeah, yeah. More, no, I used to think about that. I suppose, than you. <laughs> No, I did. I did sometimes like have little daydreams. There was a shop called Jones's Music Shop in Macclesfield. And I used to have little daydreams about going and looting a little synthesizer, like a, a little ca- a Casio keyboard. You're the only person alive, but you've got a Casio keyboard now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to tell you about that because if you are a drifter, you know, you're an anxious person. And uh, if you are of a certain age, I'm sure that would have fueled your anxiety. And it is just a brilliant podcast. I, I love her. And, um, you know, I was, I first came across it. Somebody had told me about it. And then one night I couldn't sleep and I thought, oh, I'll have a listen to that. And it just kept me awake. But I kept <laughs> having to listen to more episodes. But it's, it's so brilliant. It's a podcast called The Atomic Hobo. Form an orderly bubble and off we go. Adrift. Time for Quandary Corner here in uh, Problematic, or at least for me, I'm in Problematic. Where are you, Annabelle? I am in my living room. Mm. Mm. Uh, I, I can't make a pun out of that, I don't think. What about, what about if I said lounge? Does that help? Lounge? Not no, really, no. No, didn't help at all. Okay. No, no. Let's move on from this then. Instructions for living room? Yeah, that would do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you want the first one? Yes, please. Okay. It is from Anon in Anonshire in Anoningford. <laughs> They say I need help. I'm a food... Weird that they went county then town. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I'm a food technology teacher at a local school and I recently had my year seven parents evening. I also just got new neighbours that I don't really see often joining my semi-detached house. I went to the Tesco down the road. This is a very large Tesco. When I was at the parents' evening, I had some interesting conversations with some parents, obviously remembering the minority of parents. Anyway, as I was shopping around Tesco's, I'm in the aisle with the medicine and condoms and I pick up a packet of condoms and place them in my basket. Then I hear someone say, hello. Now, I have no clue who this person is, but I sort of seem to recognise them, but very vaguely. I just smile back and continue shopping and going down the aisles when I keep running into this woman. About the fourth time I see her, I see her with one of my year seven students. That's obviously where I remember her from. Keep in mind, there are still condoms in my basket. This is way too awkward for me. I leave the shop and head to my car to get home. When I get back home, I go to take the bins out and guess who pulls up to the house next to me? The woman and her son. I realise that these are my new neighbours who saw me buying condoms, who I teach food tech to twice a fortnight. (laughs) Twice a fortnight. (laughs) What do I do? Do I leave my job? 
Do I move house? Help me. Well, what do you think? Well, I think you need to, if you're going to buy something disgusting, buy it online. <laughs> <laughs> so I shouldn't say it's disgusting. That's really wrong of me. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's a great safe. insight. It's great insight into you if we, if we needed further in, insight into your repression. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Well, you can't move house. The- that's very extreme. You can't yeah, leave your yeah, job. That's yeah. very extreme. You, you can't just you can't do anything. You had to pretend it never happened. Could you sort of um, use the condom for something else? Oh, like yeah, that's a really good idea because then they don't like a bird feeder. <laughs> exactly like a bird feeder or some kind. So of... they'll think, oh, he wasn't a pervert after all. He was just like sort of somebody who uses condoms in a very strange way. Yeah, he fashions uh, bird feeders from condoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is a brilliant solution. Thank I you. I can't top that. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. This is oh, this is um. So when we did the live show, we had a live quandary corner, and we got way more than we thought. So I took a load back with me. And um, I'm going to use them, one of them now, if that's okay. Of course. Okay. So also from Anon. When is it okay to listen to headphones while pushing your child in their pram to avoid judgment from other parents? Child asleep? Always okay. Very young baby awake? Okay. They don't do much anyway. What age do I have to interact with my child instead of listening to podcasts to stop people thinking I'm a terrible man, which is all parenthood is actually about? <laughs> I, I would very much like to hear the answer to this question too because... it is as well isn't it it is about you know it's not about the parenting it's about how you want other people to perceive your parenting yeah yeah because yeah. the parenting you'll just sort of figure it out and make it up as you go along and it'll be fine yeah it's yeah. about the judgment of others um i worry a lot about looking bad if i've got headphones in so much so that I don't do it. But I've noticed my boyfriend, and he, and like, he doesn't even wear discreet headphones. Like He puts on like big clunky headphones over his head and like our child's nearly two and awake. See, I, I'm the wrong person to ask about this because I, I've got sort of strange guilt issues. So even when I would be out walking the dog, I didn't like to wear <gasps> headphones no. because I felt as if it was the dog's quality time and I should just oh. be focused on the dog. But did you focus on the dog? No, I mean, I just let my mind to be wandering or whatever. But it yeah. felt in, it felt to me in some way disrespectful That's to the dog. So nice. That's if I so wore headphones, nice. oh, you're definitely the wrong person to ask. Yeah, yeah. I think. But baby sleeping, I think I would be fine. Totally fine. With and that. I think very young baby awake. If they're not doing anything, if they're not mm. at the age where you can interact with them, that's fine. I mean, can can you have what? I mean, most podcasts unless you listen to something like radio lab where they're really doing a good job with the production most of them you could just have one ear on the go couldn't you just have one bud in yeah okay so let's imagine you seeing someone pushing along a two or three year old in a buggy mm. and they're awake mm. and this person's got headphones on are you judging them not at all no nor am i no but you know we're great people <laughs> <laughs> I think as long as the child isn't like visibly trying to get your attention and you're just ignoring it, I think it's fine. Okay. Well, there we go. There we have the answers to this week's Quandary Corner. If you have a social situation for which you need to know the rules, then email us hello at adriftpodcast.com.
And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to uh, Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our little idents. Patrick Gunning and Awana Babu provided technical support. Uh, Carla Gowlett took the photos and Kim Rainey made the artwork. And I'd like to uh, finish by uh, in- inviting anybody who wants to uh, around, uh, around here to nosh off. <laughs> Adrift. Oh, podication from, ready? Yeah. Tommy Tiptoes. Mm. Who says, <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Hi, Annabelle. Hi. Do you remember me? <laughs> Tommy Tiptoes. May I have a new podication, please? Can you see me? You can't, can you? I'm going to be at Hebden Bridge for your show. And I'm not even going to buy a ticket. Do you know why? It's because I'm fleet of foot. I'm swift. I peek around corners looking at you. And I will glide past the security people on the door and take my seat and watch you both. This will be nothing new to me, as I watch you both anyway. I see you in your day-to-day lives doing unspeakable things. I prance. I sachet. I strut. And you don't know I'm there. Would you allow me a podication next week, please? I should be on my holidays. And I should like to listen as I swagger about in the sunshine, parading silently around, sneaking past the staff at the apartments. (laughs) I shall look forward to June the 29th, but I shan't even pay to get on the coach to get there. (laughs) Goodbye to you both. And much love. Tommy Tiptoes. Well, the good news is we're both still alive. Yeah, that's the good news. <laughs> I mean, when you did that, take it you saw that email before the live show. Yes, no. So what happened is this, is that I think you sent that like last April or something. And I, I, I honestly, I, I've got a vague memory and I think I read it, was terrified, too terrified to put it in the podication folder. And then I stumbled upon it on the way to Hebden Bridge, actually. And I thought, oh, I forgot to do this and I'm too scared to do it now because I think it's going to murder me for not doing it. Um, but I emailed him back and it's all fine. <laughs> so but here we go. I mean, we're not dead. It's us. No. I mean, us doing that is proof that Tommy Tiptoes, you know, just likes to watch. Yeah, that's fine. Nothing else. Yeah, yeah. From a dis- from a distance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there we go. Um, that is the latest edition of the podcast, podicated to Tommy Tiptoes, and um, no podcast next week. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm not. Apolog- Why am I apologising for going on holiday? Um, because we're all jealous. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose that's it. We've got sort of strange guilt issues around it. But anyway, uh, we'll be back the week after next. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.